0: Well, host. Have you come up with a name for this?
1: It's either going to be Mark Mark Mark. It's podcast. Or or podcast.
0: Podcast.
1: No, no, no. Oh, my God. Genius, right? I'm a podcast. Okay. Or Mark 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 podcast. Or Mark 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 cast.
0: And I'm just a guest star. frequent
1: guest star (laughs) yeah i haven't come up with a name yet
0: Hmm.
1: but it'll come yeah um i guess i could add that all. it all started with okay host go ahead (laughs) 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 have you came up with a a name for the podcast like no i said yeah podcast i mean mark 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 podcast (laughs) coming soon mark mark mark.com mark mark mark.com on ig mark 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 on tiktok and then subcategory or sub sub uh, contact would be party all the time, P R T Y, A L L, D D time time,
0: <laughs> and I'll be tired all the time. And yeah,
1: well, eventually <laughs> when you figure your life out with gaming, oh, wow. Well,
0: he's not narcissistic, folks. Not at all. <laughs> what we talk, I just sent I'm, you something from Bert. I am I'm totally sarcastic. I know. Oh,
1: Okay, cool. So make sure we put our phones on focus on do not disturb mode. We're going to make it an hour because <clears throat> I technically can't record more than or post more than an hour yet until we get like something bigger to pro- to broadcast on.
0: <clears throat> and you have to get ready for bed eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So let's talk about introductions.
0: Okay.
1: Because this story is about you. This episode. Is about you. It's gonna be a just fierce straight. Um, we're just gonna go ahead and shoot it. It's gonna be, what's the word? direct we're just gonna throw it at you we're mm-hmm. not even gonna prepare you for oh my name is mark and i'm 34 years old and i'm an aquarius and i'm narcissistic <laughs> and i live with my girlfriend and i drive a car and i just recently got laid off and i got another you job can't even and, I also, yeah, and i also yeah and i pushed Michelle down the stairs <laughs> She
0: and snapped. I, and I,
1: I, I smacked her in the eye <laughs> and that, it, that's what she gets for, for me getting laid off and
0: <laughs> dislocated my ankle, it broke my tibia and my fibia
1: dislocated your ankle, yeah, oh, is that what they didn't say that to me? Oh,
0: I have to, like a thousand percent had to have because they had to set something, so they set the bones. But I'm almost positive I dislocated my ankle too.
1: Oh, stay tuned for the photos.
0: <laughs> I will not be looking at those. <laughs> bur bur until dot com. I mean not mean oh, oh shit! I mean
1: MarkMarkMark.com.
0: <laughs> no, I don't want to look at the photos until I'm like out of surgery.
1: Then don't follow me. I'll privatize.
0: Get out of here with that shit. What? No, no. I'm going to
1: privatize MarkMarkMark.com. No, thank you. You're going to be seeing it. That's the first post. First episode, first post. <laughs> well,
0: I won't go to that website right now. You don't have to. Make no, me not on the website. It. I'm talking about the IG. Well, you don't have to post right now. Or I don't have to look at it right now. You don't have to block me. I'll just make sure to block you. And then Get say, out hey, I'm ready. Here. I'm ready
1: to see my pictures. Be like, okay, cool. Hold on. Let me just.
0: No, you have to put like a warning you have to put like a black screen. oh that's a good idea but yeah. well, then
1: it's not even that bad oh but for you yeah well there, no i mean i'm in just general. gonna put a name warning rochelle please do not look at your broken leg <laughs> <laughs> okay so this story that you have that i have been having you hold out on me so that way we can actually finally record this and i'm hoping it's recording yeah it's recording i think let me let me yeah <laughs>
0: hold please
1: it's recording. <laughs> Actually, hold on. Let me see.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let me see. I got, oh, oh, You just look great. Oh. Ah! Is, all part of, is all part of the plan. God damn. Oh, where's the
1: mic? I'm a ninja. I have it in my hand. <clears throat> and we're still recording.
0: <laughs> I'm unplugged somewhere. I can't hear anything. Oh, there it goes. I just want to say, as I, I snapped into it. my reflexes right there. I can't show shit. <sighs> Rochelle. Uh, oh, how, how did I do that?
1: Your lotion is in the way.
0: Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Sorry, we're at Rochelle's station right now because Move this up. since she is broken, hold on, hold on. When she is, since she is broken, I've had to set her up on a chair, mm-hmm. prop her up, staple her to it. <laughs> So that way she can still work from home.
0: I like how you're blaming me for your stuff falling. You're in my in my area. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are you just gonna hold that? No, I oh, was okay. telling
0: you you should probably move the bag up and move this up so that the little table can come up.
1: Okay, we're back. Yeah, <laughs> we <had> some technical <laughs> difficulties. I had to make sure. God damn it! I had to make sure that everything <laughs> was properly be, or being recorded. Sorry. Damn. I'll eventually figure out this little mini studio. <laughs> And have a proper area for it where you can hobble over and <laughs> and not break things.
0: I didn't do that. <clears throat> so where were we? You were gonna throw me into the fire.
1: That wasn't part of the plan.
0: That's what you said. I being as you threw me down the stairs.
1: Oh, that's why I was like, that's not part of the plan. <laughs> I was very confused. Okay. So we're going to go. No, we're not throwing you. We're throwing them. I know. Them, well, the you people. Well, me, but okay, uh-huh. No, well, no, oh, what?
0: You said we're just going to throw you into it, me.
1: No, I wasn't saying you. I was saying you, like, talking to whoever's listening to this, meaning, oh. like, I'm going to just go straight for it, and it. we're just okay. going to tell them straight up, no introductions. That's why I, I started no off with the whole, my name is Mark, and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah and, and this is Christy. Michelle, and yada, yada, yada. You
0: introduction from me. Hmm? Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead.
1: In instructions what
0: no 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 i <laughs> think i think god
1: no yeah yeah so like i mean you could technically since it is about you you could start off by talking about That's okay. who you are
0: <clears throat> like you just gave that yeah except
1: mine was more sarcastic yours is just like okay well you know whatever and then tell us who you are <laughs> state the name
0: rachel the age 33
1: Oh, them over here saying that she's thirty-four. <laughs> <laughs> not yet.
0: No, not mm-hmm. yet. Soon. No, not really. Yep, thirty-three. Girlfriend to the amazing Mark. Mark, Mark, Mark. Oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know if we did that in the other episode. Mark and I have known each other for. Technically, we met in seventh grade. And then we reconnected after ages in 2018, and we've been kind of consistent since then. And... Stories for another episode. (laughs) (laughs) We just had our first year anniversary, though.
1: Yes, we did. Congratulations.
0: Yeah. Congratulations to you.
1: Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's my introduction.
1: what is the story about let's kind of give it like a A because i can't do briefings
0: Mm. um i mean i guess
1: or i could give my my version and then you can give you can give fill in the blanks okay so the reason why i was so intrigued or interested in this story is because she mentioned that she basically group in a, well with a very religious background. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go, another Catholic or another, you know, Christian girl, blah, blah, this and that. But I didn't really look into it back in the day when we first re-met again <clears throat> in 2018. I just kind of briefed it. And then little by little after um, a while, like, I would just every now and then talk to her about it. And just, she would kind of tell me certain things, like, at least when we first met or like, uh, first we met as adults, uh, in 2018, she would kind of tell me that, oh, I've never done this. I've never done that. I've never gone wine tasting. My parents would have never let me do this and this and that. And I was like, what the heck? And I was like, oh, has this girl just literally, literally, have she lived under a rock? Said, no, she's been living in a church. But, <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> so she was kind of telling me certain things like, dude, this would be perfect for like a podcast. Like, holy shit, this story is insane. Like this, I, I can't believe it. Like really? And then so as we've been kind of getting to know each other for the past year, Little by little, she's, you know, obviously seen and heard some stories about me and my family and that things don't match up. Like, it's like this is extremely odd for her. This is like something very foreign and not, not, uh, nothing that's normal. Like, so this is my normal, you know, for, like, I've been just telling her. And I thought for the longest time, too, till I got to my mid-20s, that my normal was everybody's normal. But I came to find out that, no, my normal was definitely not everybody's normal. Not at all. But, yeah. So, fire away. <laughs> um.
0: I mean, yeah. Like, so I think up until a couple years ago. Yeah. Trying to think about when exactly, but up until about let's say three and a half years ago, probably, is when I actually was willing to verbally admit and come to terms, I guess, for myself and. To actually verbalize it, that I was like living, I had lived in a cult, and it's not the cult that I think most people might. Because when I, I mean personally, when I think of a cult, the first thing that comes to mind is like Scientology, or um, what's his name, the dude with the the one that made
1: ooh, the Mormons.
0: No, the one with the hel- helter skelter.
1: I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Oh the other he was a (laughs) cult leader anyway oh
1: you're talking about a mason yeah yeah oh yeah anyways a cult a system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object according to the dictionary on google (laughs) or a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister a misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing.
0: Both of those last two are 100% on point. So um, <clears throat> for the longest time, I just never really, I would never admit and I would never verbalize that. I would I would never call it a cult. And that's because of the cultish background. That's because of what was drilled into my head. Like there's actually a reason why I never called it a cult. It wasn't just like my own unwillingness to admit it. But it was that fear that was instilled in me from the people that were leading that. Um, What they called was a church, which was not. But um, I mean, yeah, so like up until a couple years ago, I really didn't talk much about it. But at the same time, I really, I didn't have anybody ask me. Nobody had really asked me questions about it. Nobody really had, had taken an interest in it. And I didn't think it was that strange where I came from. Like, I mean, yes, I had lived a very sheltered life and I was what, 28 and I hadn't done a bunch of things. Like I'd never done, like you said, I'd never gone to a wine tasting. I had never really had never been to a club. I'd never, I really hadn't lived that life. I had when I moved out from my parents' house, which was, it was about, ugh, I want to say it was, I think it was like in 2018 when we met I had just moved out I think the previous I think it was in 2017 is like towards the tail end of 2017 maybe is when I had moved out from my parents house well I didn't move out willingly <laughs> I was kicked out um but I think at at that time like I had finally started to like for that, that it was I hadn't even been drunk yet like I had occasionally had a drink but I had never been drunk at that point. It wasn't until I lived with one of my really good friends, Lauren, we had moved in together. And she got me drunk for the very first time ever. I think it was it was one of my birthdays. And she'd gotten me trashed. And she was so excited. It was the first year that we were living in um, Eastvale. And she had gotten me, we had gone to a bar, it was just like a dive bar. And we just drank. And we were just having fun. And we got an Uber or Lyft home. And then that's when I came home and I was just like I remember just leaning up against the wall and I was like holy shit I'm drunk and she was just like so excited. She literally like threw her hands up in the air and just like was like yes. But it was it wasn't until like my I want to say that was I want to say it may have been 29 or 28 or 29. That was the first time that I had been drunk. And that's that's because of the life that I had lived and the life that I had come out of. Um so I did live a very sheltered life but <clears throat> I really didn't think much of it because it's just I always chalked it up to I just really never had an interest in partying, I never had an interest in drinking. Um I did just really didn't have much of an interest in general with certain things. But it's like if you put somebody within four walls, they're only going to be interested in those four walls because it's the only life they know. They don't know what's outside of those four walls and i think that's a that's kind of where i came out of um but then as time went on um i started realizing like when i first left my parents house well do you want me to start there and how that whole whole thing came about okay yes so um so from i want to say it was from 19 to 24 is when i was with this particular church and so it was 5 years of my life and it was i mean obviously adulthood Um, and prior to that, I had lived, I I was still, I guess, way backstory. I was born and raised in the church. So ever since I was a little kid, I've always known the church. I've always been very familiar with it. Um, I was always, every Sunday I was in church, every holiday we were at church. Um, I would, I didn't know any other life besides it. So we would spend our weekends getting ready for church and I would help set up. I would, you know, I was forced to get up in the, cra- the crack of dawn on Sunday mornings just to go and drive over to the pastor's help, the pastor's house to help get all the sound equipment, put it in his van, and then we would all go and drive to the church and set up. So we had to set up and tear down because we didn't have an actual facility where we were located, whether that was ours. We were always renting out a room or renting out like a, um <clears throat> just some part of like a school. But so like that's the life that I was like, I, I was accustomed to living. So that was like, that was my entire childhood. So I really never knew anything else other than church and service. Um, So, but at 19, I think it was maybe at 18, um, we were part of an original, the church that I remember I spent most of my life in, I think we were there for like 14 years. Um, So I grew up in that church and I remember I, it's kind of foggy. Honestly, I really never got the full story or understood it, but, um, the pastors at that church, which was not, I don't, I have no fault against that church. Um, it was very small and the pastor did his best he could with things. Um, but I have no ill will towards any of them there. I actually miss that group of people because we just, it was a really good, Group And we were really close and we were kind of like family. But I remember this pastor, he would ask um, random people that he knew to come to the church often. Like he would have different people, different guest speakers, that's what we would call them. So it was people that at some point in his past, he had met these people. So he invited these people to come to the church and to teach and to minister. And when they first got there, I was like, holy shit, who are these people? And I was intimidated because they came out swinging. Like it was intense from the start, like from a church perspective. I mean, if anybody is listening that actually has like a church background, like these people came in swinging. Like as soon as they got there, they really didn't address anybody besides the pastors They were standing in the front because that's where the guests would sit. And so it's a, the couple is a big, huge, tall white dude and this tiny little Mexican. And like literally she is, you could probably double her and that would maybe make his height. She was just that small, um, at least in my head, but she was such a powerhouse. Like she's tiny, but mighty And she intimidated the shit out of me, but the entire service, her husband went up to teach and he's very soft spoken, pretty chill. I mean, he, you can tell he does have that like more intense side of him, but he's kind of like, he, he has a presence and he kind of like, he would talk with authority, but he, you weren't intimidated necessarily by him. But then his wife, who was still sitting at the you know, sitting at the on the chair, she was praying in tongues. So I don't know if anybody knows about praying in tongues. It's a controversial topic within the religious realm. Some people think it's evil, some people just don't understand it. Some people think they're crazy.
1: I think you mean in the Christian realm. Because I'll speak for all Catholics. Um, Catholics. We, <laughs> we or at least I have never heard of that my whole life. Not that I've a super crazy religious, but never have i thought that was just something that happened in the exorcist or in <laughs> or in movies and then the mm-hmm. first time i ever witnessed that going to a christian church holy crap that is not normal i was like dude we need to get this guy admitted we need help <laughs> he's like somebody please get this guy the fuck the fuck out of here like he was standing next to me and we were holding hands in a circle so it was almost like seance is that yeah. what you christians do like no. <laughs> it's very strange it was the weirdest thing i was like what the he was like yeah, yeah, i was yeah, like yeah. oh my god and then after that, I was like, "Wow, that church was very strange." Yeah, and I, I never went. I didn't. I know it was a Christian church. I don't know what kind of church. I know it's off of. It's in Fontana, yeah. off of like Mango or something like that. Very, very weird, weird experience that I had. But go on. That is definitely. I wouldn't say religious. I would say more of like a Christian.
0: <laughs> well, there's different. The, the thing is too. There's there's different kinds of Catholics as well. There's Catholics that do believe in praying tongues, and there's Catholics that don't. The churches that you've only been aware, like around, obviously, didn't believe in tongues, which is fine. Yeah, but how... A lot of Christian churches don't either. Like, it's different. Not every single Christian believes in praying in tongues. But
1: how did you hear about that?
0: I've been raised around it. Like, that was something that was normal, but it wasn't something that was frequent.
1: What, what are you talking about? No, I'm talking about how did you know that tongues were also in Catholic churches?
0: In Catholic churches? Yes, Catholic. Um... Well, I've been exposed to Catholics. I mean, it's like, yes, for the most, like for the majority. Okay. So the vers- the first church that I was a part of, we, they were not afraid to have other people visit the church. Like we would have people that would join our church that were from a Catholic background and they were looking for a local church. So they wanted to see if our church would fit them. We weren't Catholics, but they were also open to not going to a Catholic church. So we would meet different Catholics and then they would be praying in tongues. You know, they would pray to, pray in tongues. So it's like, but wait, it, wait.
1: they would be praying in tongues. Is it because of your, no, you sure?
0: Yeah. You don't force just because one person prays in tongues. Doesn't mean that it's forced.
1: No, I know. I know. Cause it's supposed to be like natural and whatever it comes out of nowhere, but that's what I'm saying because they're in your church. No. Or did they say, Oh no, we, we, we do the tongue thing.
0: Well, we. you don't just spontaneously start praying in tongues. Like that sort of has to be something that you're exposed to or that you're open yeah, to. Because, but it doesn't have to that, be at this church.
1: Oh no, not 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 saying this. I'm saying this religion, Christian, no. humanity.
0: A lot of de- there's there's ca- Catholics. There's Catholic. <laughs> there are Catholic denominations. I guess you could say mm-hmm. um, that do believe in praying in tongues. Same thing with Christians. So there's a lot of different denominations of Christianity. There's Protestant. There's um,
1: Catholics, please meet me in the comments.
0: <laughs> no, there's just, there's a lot of different types of Christians and a lot of them, some of them believe in tongues. Some of them don't. It's just, it, that's just how it is. So anyways, it's besides Sorry. the point. It's a tangent. We'll have to get into that later. Maybe we can have Taylor on and he can, you know, I don't know, share yeah. about what his thoughts, but anyways, um, so She was in the front praying in tongues. And this woman is not quiet. She's a very loud person. She's tiny, but she's loud. I swear the smaller ones are always the more, like, feisty ones. But she was in the front praying in tongues. And after her husband was done teaching or ministering, she popped up. And she just immediately started, like, going at it. And she's just – because a little bit more, I guess, background – while he was teaching and while he was ministering, he also gave a little background on them. So I can't go, I won't go into all of it because it's just talking about my story. It's not necessarily talking about religion as a whole, but the way he described himself is he was, he's an apostle and she functions in the office of a prophet. So just a super, I mean, a super brief background i guess on prophets prophets are said to be the voice of god like they are the mouths of god they speak for god like they'll speak on god's behalf they'll deliver a message that's supposedly directly from god and they know the heart of god so in the christian world the prophet is the most it's the most almost like the high most highly coveted office like the most because there's pastors pa- no there's pastors, prophets, evangelists, um, apostles and teachers. And the prophet is the highest, like the most desired position, if you would. So, um, so they, when, when he kind of introduced her like that, it was just like, Oh Jesus. Okay. And to truth be told, I had zero interest in meeting her because it was almost like a the way i would look at it now it was almost like um what's the word i'm looking for almost like a show and um <clears throat> like i guess like a magic act it's like okay come up and have your palm read type deal that's what? not actually it's not actually what happened but that's how it was treated because after the husband was done ministering she stepped up and she essentially was just like I have messages for people. So if you want to hear what God has to say, come up here. So several people would go up there and she would pray and she would listen and she would deliver whatever message she was giving to people. And then she was like, she pretty much ministered to everybody in the church, but I refused to go up there because I knew that I wasn't living properly. I knew that if I went up there and I talked, I let this ta- lady talk, because she wasn't being quiet either. So it's like she wasn't just going up to one person, praying for them and telling them in their ear what it is that God wanted to tell them. No, this bitch was like hollering. And she would walk, you know, she'd be like, Christina, this is what God's saying and this, 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 and this. And she would just like, announce it. So I knew if I went up there, you know what, I'm going to pass. I don't want to hear what God has to say because I'm pretty sure God's not very happy with me right now. So I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to not. I'm not going to get involved with this as a child. I was like a teen. Yeah. And well, no, yeah, like late teens. I was just like, no, I want nothing to do with this lady. Cause I don't want her to call me out on my shit. And cause I mean, I was at the church and I was in the church, but I wasn't like super dedicated to the church either. It's like, I was at the point, I was at a kind of like a turning point in my life where I just want to live my own life. I just wanted to be a kid. I wanted to be a young adult and I wasn't really given that opportunity. So I was kind of at like a point in my life where I'm like, do I want to live in the church? Do I want to be all about the church or would I rather not? And so I was just like, I knew I wasn't in a place where I was like a thousand percent dedicated to God. So I'm like, why the hell am I going to go and talk to one of his prophets and let her call me out on my shit in front of everybody, in front of my pastor, in front of my parents, like fuck that. So I avoided it. But that was our first introduction to this cus- this couple. And then... My parents at the time were also in a place where they, they, they want, they were ready because we've been with this church for like 14 years. They were kind of ready to move on. Like, you know, I think it was always on my dad's heart. He always wanted, he always felt this pull and this call to start a church. And these, this couple had mentioned their ministry Like they had started several churches all across the world and they had had a church here and they had created a church here and they did this here and this and this. And like they were, they went all around the world. Like they would go to Venezuela. They were waiting for the border to open to go back into Cuba. Like they had goals. I think they had gone here. He lived in Japan for a while because he was in the air force. I think
1: Wait, the giant and the dwarf.
0: Yeah. So like that was their ministry. That's what they did. And that was really appealing to my parents. And again, my parents were looking for something new. They wanted to do something new and they really were looking for an opportunity to start a new church. And but they didn't know how to. So it was like wrong place, wrong time, but in my parents' eyes it was like right place, right time. So A little after we had met them, I want to say, like, maybe a month and a half, I guess at that point, my parents had exchanged information with them, so they invited them over out of nowhere. They're like, oh, this couple's coming to the house for dinner. I was like, the fuck? I wanted nothing to do with this woman in church, and now you're bringing her to my house, and I have to be in, I have to, I have to have a meal with this bitch? Like, shit. So, they end up coming over, and... It was like, it was a fine dinner. It was like pleasant, whatever. But then... What's a fine dinner? Like, I mean, not fine, but I mean, it was fine. Like there was, it was, it was okay. It was just, I mean, it was dinner. It was okay. Like it went, when I say it was fine, I mean, like it went off without incident. Like there was nothing that she called me out on or whatever. But then... um and then my parents were talking a lot about wanting to start a new church and wanting to do this and wanting to do that and expressing this thing that God was, had put on my dad's heart.
1: They, they were saying this to the church leaders?
0: What? No, my parents were talking to this new couple. Not the church leaders. Which church leaders? Okay, so no, no, no. So
1: I'm talking about the giant and the dwarf. Did they yes. come over to dinner? Yes. Okay, so the, the aren't they technically the church leaders? Because I thought that's who, the who new they were.
0: church. Yeah, but I also was mentioning the old church where no, no. they met, like where we met them. Okay, so, so the dwarf confusing. and the giant yeah.
1: are are just members. They're not no, leaders. They were of the visitors. Church. Oh, so they were invited over, and then they kind of gave their their speeches.
0: Mm, okay, so let me. Okay. Yeah,
1: that's always really confusing. I was like, wait, what?
0: Okay, I don't think anybody's going to listen to that. None of my people will. Okay, so at the first church where I grew up, and I was there for 14 years, the church that the Dwarf and the Giant visited, that church was pastored by Rick and, Rick and Deborah. So Rick and Deborah, love them, great people. I have nothing against them. That was the church that I was a part of, and that's where all of my relationships had been formed, like my friendships, like... We had a great thing going there. But then my parents met these other people, this couple. I need to think, of, like, come up with fake names.
1: You don't want to just give the names away? Might as well.
0: I mean, as well. Okay. So with at the church with Rick and Deborah, my parents met Ron and Maria. Ron and Maria are the church leaders of the cult. So we didn't know that at the time, obviously. They just looked like it was just like they were like superstars to my parents because in the church world, this is exciting, you know—an apostle and a prophet. Those are the two biggest, biggest callings that you can have in, in the in the Christian world.
1: Oh, so the giant and the dwarf are not what's it called? Um, Ronda Maria. They are Ronda Maria. Yes. Oh, okay. So that's how I was getting confused. Okay, okay so, so
0: the- my parents invited Ronda Maria over to for dinner. Mm-hmm. So and they had connected at Rick and Deborah's church because mm-hmm. Rick and Deborah invited Ronda Maria to come over. Got it. So Rick and or Ron and Maria came to the house. My parents were sharing with them like all this crap. And again, like my parents are like, especially, oh well, yeah, both of them. They were just like starstruck because to, to in the Christian world, in my Christian world, I guess I could say, yep. these people were superstars. These people were everything that you covet, everything that you want to become. Coveting is wrong. Yes, I know. What For is coveting? Anybody, coveting is like, you're Greatly desiring something that somebody else has. It's literally in the Bible not to covet. You never covet what another man has. So it's like being jealous.
1: Oh, but that's normal.
0: No, I know that, but I'm saying it's biblical. Oh. So that's why I was like, yeah, I know it's not right, because I I use the word covet.
1: Oh, no, that's fine. You can use it. I allow you.
0: (laughs) No, I'm talking about anybody that's listening that is familiar with religion. You're fine. (laughs) They're not going to come after you.
1: (laughs) They don't know where you are. Give
0: me the prayer beads. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So anyways. (laughs) The beads. (laughs) (laughs) So. She's talking about the Rosary Catholics. <laughs> Catholics. Um, so they were, you know, whatever. They were having dinner, whatever. And then after dinner, um, my mom and was doing like the dishes and Ron was talking to my dad somewhere. I don't remember. And I fucking get stuck talking with Maria. And she cornered you. Basically. And she just like started asking me questions. Like, so what do you do? What do you want to do? What What's God's call on your life? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I'm just here, dude. Like, that's <laughs> not excited. what you said. What did you really say? I was just literally, honestly, I don't know what my call is. I don't know what the call of, that I have on my life. I'm really not sure. I've never thought about it. I just know I'm here to serve. Like, that's what I do as I serve. And um. so she just like, she started talking to me, whatever. And she's like, well, you do have a very powerful call of God on your life, but you're lost. And you need direction. Like you need to be um trained and you you have you have something that God wants you to do. You have things that God has planned for your life, but you're nowhere near fulfilling them. Like you need to step it up basically.
1: Why do you think she said that?
0: Um What do you mean? What do I th- why?
1: No one just kind of says that. Or is it just because you were a She's child? She's a
0: prophet. They do that shit.
1: Oh, that's they, what they, they can do. just call it out. Yeah. Oh, cool. I, then I guess I'm a prophet because I used to call people out like that before too. A knowing prophet, markmarkmark. dot com. Go on.
0: But um, so it's amazing how loud they are. Yeah, it's, it's
1: these these microphones are pretty tight.
0: Yeah, they're very sensitive. Mm-hmm. And these people are. Really and they're not
1: loud. even like the the powered ones. The powered ones are actually like like a Taylor's microphone. Well, actually, Taylor's microphone um well the first one that i know about you have to really speak into it in order Mm -hmm. to actually like get be heard you need Uh, to really speak into it these ones you can kind of it's just you can these are like singing microphones yeah Yeah. it has definitely a lot of range yeah but those sounds yeah sorry the neighbors are having a a party a cold party
0: (laughs) um so yeah that's just that's what maria did and i'm like great I, i mean of course at that age at that time like it, it was fascinating it was terrifying but it was fascinating so it's like wow this lady really called me out on my shit um
1: oh so you were like did what did that how did that make you feel then
0: um i mean obviously like i said it was terrifying but at the same time i was interested like i was intrigued like well what else can you see in your little crystal you know what what else can you see oh that's like it okay, was you, how That's how i felt. You felt okay but it just i didn't it's hard to share the story on the back end because I'm so far removed from religion and I'm so, like, I detest it. And I just am not... Explain detest. Detest has, like, it's a it's a, a, a deep-seated hatred towards it. And when I say religion, I don't mean, like, faith. Faith and religion are two very different things. Agreed. I have faith. I detest religion. Religion is very organized. It's very um structured and it's very business it's very business-like and I hate everything about that but anyways that's a tangent for another day but um of course I was intrigued like I'm interested like wow what else can she tell me Mm -hmm. not to mention it's like dude this lady's feared people fear her that's kind of cool like how do I become powerful like that like it's you, you you chase after that you know, it's fascinating. It's Ooh, like so.
1: You saying you, what's the word that you said earlier? Coveting it.
0: Oh yeah, I for sure coveted what she had. I'm like everybody wants to be a prophet. It's it's a it's a huge ordeal. It's a big big thing. Like I said, they're the superstars of that form of religion, and that form of like Christianity. Like prophets are highly sought out after, and that was I'm like is that self-proclaimed prophet though i mean everybody's a self-proclaimed prophet okay
1: cool just want to make sure that's clear mark 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 mark.com
0: everybody's self-proclaimed because unless god comes down on a fucking cloud he's not going to proclaim anybody a prophet
1: or sends a demon your way not today bro boom (laughs) like
0: but that's everybody's a self-proclaimed anything yeah because nobody can for sure say they've heard from god they can feel like they have but they can't there's no proof there's no way to prove it Mm. so it's like everybody in their own head has heard from god yeah but so when i met her i was fucking fascinated i'm like shit this woman's got power i want that yeah i would love to be able to walk up to somebody and just call them out on their shit which i mean i do i'm very good at reading people that's a different kind but like i'm i can call someone's bullshit from a mile away like i know people And I've always known people, but that's not necessarily a religious thing. That's not a spiritual thing. That's more of a trauma trigger. That's something that was triggered from my childhood. I found out. (laughs) So that's something that like a therapist would be like, you can read people the way that you do because you didn't get the attention that you needed as a as a child. So you sought out ways to people please. So it's like I look for I look for cues in people and I look at things and then I just developed further.
1: Mm. Um, how do I use that word to say that you are coveting? Coveting? Do I say you're coveting? Are coveting? Mm-hmm. Say it. Coveting. No, like in a sentence. Oh. Um, how I want to use when it when
0: you look at somebody and you like, let's say, let's say you look at a car. You know, you see somebody with a really nice car. Mm-hmm. You're like, fuck, I low key, I, I covet that car. Or I'm like, coveting that car,
1: but isn't I don't want to be the car.
0: No, you're coveting his possession. So like I cover a looking, person. Then you right? can covet Not a the... person. You can covet things. You can oh. covet. Covet is a verb. So you want. You're desiring something. Oh, so I
1: coveted everything that I have and own and possess.
0: I suppose. I mean, covet's like a very strong word for like a true, passionate, like a d- super, like a deep-seated desire. Yeah, because
1: there's a covet, and then what's the other word where you? Speak into existence. It's, there's a word for it. You basically oh. you attain it. So mm-hmm. everything's attainable. But what's that word? It's a word where you um speak it into existence. There's a word for it.
0: Well, there's proclamations. Procl-
1: no, no, it's not, there's something like that, but it's not it. No, keep going. I'll anyway, figure it out. It'll yeah. it'll come to me like it always does.
0: Yeah, but anyways, like I looked at her and I saw this power that she had and how much people respect for respect her and how cool it's it's almost like looking at it like damn that's a cool party trick how do I learn that and so of course that grew like a desire in me and a a true interest and of course it wasn't an interest like it wasn't a casual interest like oh I really want to get that new car it was just at the time it was a true genuine interest and it was like a faith-based interest I suppose but um so it kind of all started there for everybody. And then months later, my parents end up leaving the church, which did not go well. Like that's another story for a different, like a different story entirely. When they told Rick and Deborah that they wanted to leave the church, it wasn't well received. And
1: I feel like we we should <clears throat> just, I mean, since we're starting at the beginning, we, keep, we don't want to go back for that. So it's yeah. like, let's just say, okay, you had the conversation, you coveted her. And you know her I powers. didn't covet
0: her, but I coveted the gift that she had.
1: Yeah, which is her. So because it's it's all in the mindset. That's all it is. Um, what's it called? Um, coveted her her mindset or whatever. Um, then the dinner was over. She left, and then what was what was the conversation after they left?
0: Um. Well, you have to remember, my parents and I didn't talk much. Like Oh, they
1: didn't even bring you to that conversation? It was just like, no. all right. That was it. You went to bed. I, there's got to be things that you were thinking, though.
0: I knew something was going to come. Oh, I knew sure. something you was going to happen. You felt it? Yeah. I'm like, fuck. Like I see the way my parents are talking to them. I see the way that they're talking to my parents. Like I know something's going to happen. They're going to end up getting together. Like It's going to be a thing where... I don't know if it's going to be like we start going and getting like getting teachings from them Mm
1: -hmm. or
0: they start training us, but something's going to happen. So I knew something was going to come about from that whole dinner, but I didn't know what. And then eventually it was like a decision that my dad had mentioned. I mean, like it wasn't like a formal sit down, like, hey, this is going to happen. It was just like there was discussion and my dad was just like, you know, we feel called to start a church and Ron and Marie are willing to help us. And you again, yeah, again, you have to like pay attention to the verbiage. My dad said, "God has called me." Like I feel like God's calling us, me, like my my dad and my mom. Mm-hmm. He's calling us to start a church, and Ron and Maria are willing to help us. So, to anybody that has half a mind, that means my parents are going to be the pastors of the church, and Ron and Maria are going to assist and be a support system for my parents. Anybody with half a mind would think that it didn't work out that way. Spoiler alert. Um,
1: Wait. So assist, does that mean money or does that mean?
0: No, like, just like training.
1: Weird. Also like, oh, manipulate. Yeah. Publicizing. Basically. Public mastering. Wait. So question. Yeah. Do you. Cause you know your parents mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, In that time, what was life like at home? Well, um, what was your parents doing for work? My,
0: well, my mom has really never worked. She stopped working when we were in, at our school, our elementary school. So my I don't even know what age my mom stopped working. She was working for a long time, but then it, it, I can't remember what grade it was, but she stopped going to work so she could be a stay-at-home mom and be there for us. Lucky. Uh, yeah, I guess. But... um. So, my dad worked all the time. At the time, my dad was working actually at the same company that he retired from. Um, So, he was a manager. He was a a warehouse manager. And, I mean, life was always, like, the biggest difference between, not the biggest, like, there's a mountain of differences between your family and mine, but my family... We didn't sit down and have heart-to-hearts like you guys do. Like, didn't sit down and just have random discussions or even have, like, financial discussions, you know, about anything. Like, we – I was good with my dad. Like, I was close with my dad. I would not call myself a daddy's girl whatsoever. But, um, I don't know. At that time – well, that was, like, four years – my parents were always very – they weren't very attentive, especially like my mom, like she was home all the time, but we didn't really interact. Like I can't think of times where we sat down and just spent time together and hung out. It was, she was cleaning or she was doing her own thing and I would be doing my own thing. Like it was just very separate worlds or I would be up in my room and she'd be downstairs cleaning or watching TV or, in the garden like whatever but so
1: that you, you guys are basically roommates as when essentially you,
0: yeah wow and that's i mean that's a that's the life i was used to um but mm. it, because that's the life i was used to i'm not saying it's a normal life oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um what
1: what what was the mood at that time um what, like right like around the time when ron and maria came over like what was the mood I'm only wondering cuz like my my thing is this like I'm hypothetically thinking everything. I'm like okay cuz I've also thought about my own personal hypotheticals like okay, starting a business, I mean starting a, a church would be fucking genius because of the fact of the money. The money is just easy. It's easy nonprofit money and 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 it's an easy business just to acquire. And You just got to BS the whole thing and yeah, I'm pretty sure plenty of people have been doing it and are are, are currently up to it. But I'm wondering were they money hungry? Were things Mm-mm. going good? Or, or was it literally like they were st- looking for that crazy spirituality of like, or like...
0: It was a genuine searching. That's good. Okay. Like it, it came from a genuine place. Like my mm-hmm. parents have always wanted, because the thing, okay, so the thing is with the reason that my parents left and wanted to be a part of something bigger is because the church that we were a part of for 14 years didn't grow. It was a very small church. Like I'll say less than fifty people. Oh shit. Very, very small church. And it stayed that way. Why'd they want bigger? All fourteen years. It just I don't he I don't know. I mean, I was too young to care or understand. Mm,
1: Damn, too bad you can't ask
0: him. But it was just it stayed very small. Mm. And it was always like that for as long as I can remember. And I mean, yeah, okay, for holidays it would might, you know, occasionally blow up like Easter or whatever but because everybody goes to church on Easter, but it's just, my parents always wanted something bigger. They wanted something not bigger. They didn't want numbers, but they wanted to feel like they were impacting people. Like it came, it started off with a good intention. Like my parents really wanted to go and change the world. They wanted to go and minister to people and they wanted to go and save people's lives and, you know, introduce them to God and, really they wanted to do good things and they were hungry for it they wanted it and unfortunately they got caught up with the wrong people and it's just like my dad truly had an interest my parents both did they truly wanted to go and make an impact in places like they wanted to know why aren't we going evangelizing why aren't we going and ministering to people in the streets why aren't we going and you know reaching out and I don't know going to a public park and doing this and this and this and like why aren't we doing more for the community why aren't we reaching more people why aren't we growing why are we with the same people all the time it's like yeah you want to have like a, a core group of people but you want those core group of people to go out and reach other people that's the whole point of a church so the reason why they were so hungry and so sensitive to manipulation is because they were looking for something more and Ron and Maria came at the right time and everything that they were spelling out everything that they were their entire presentation if you would was perfect it was exactly what my parents had been longing for so it's like fuck yeah we found who we want to be with and they had dedicated 14 years of their life to Rick and Deborah. so it's just like dude it's time to leave like and it felt right at the time so, I mean, I wasn't against it because, I mean, I was just there. I wasn't necessarily, like, wholeheartedly invested into the church that we were originally with, with Rick and Debra, but I wasn't against it. Just like, okay, you know, I'm going to church, whatever. I try to be a good person. I try not to do this. I try not to cuss. I try not to do whatever, but um, it's just, it felt like a right thing to do. And at the time I was on board with it. Like I wasn't against it, but how am I supposed to be against it anyway? These are my parents. I'm living with them, you know? So they decided we're going to leave the church and it didn't go well. So then my parents told Rick and Deborah, like, Hey, we want to, we want it. We've been wanting to start a church and we think now's the time. And so we're going to go and we're going to do that. Were you there? Um, no, I don't think so. But You know, they kind of had that conversation with them and it didn't go well. Rick and Deborah were like, we don't feel like that's the right time for you. But (laughs) you also have to remember too, like where you have to know Rick and Deborah. They also just previous to that, there was a different couple in the church that felt like, you know, it's time for us to move on. Like we can't die here in this church. (laughs) Like not, you know, we're not going to we've been here most of, you know, we've been here for 10, 12 years we can't stay here forever. Like, I think it's time for us to move on. Like it's natural for anybody to want to move on from just like a job. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you know, we're looking for another, other employment. And so just previous to our leaving, a different couple had decided to go and they wanted to be a part of a different church. So they left and Rick and Deborah were devastated and it didn't go well. And they started like, they weren't talking shit, But they were, you know, telling people like, you have to, if you're going to leave the church, that's fine, but you have to do it in God's timing because you want to make sure that when you're leaving, you're not leaving, their terminology was outside of the covering, like outside of that protection. Like if this is where God has placed you and you're choosing, so it's like, think of it like this, if it's raining, it's pouring outside and you're under an umbrella if you step outside of that umbrella, you're going to get wet. If you're under the umbrella, you're fine. And that's basically how it was for them. They're like, right now you're protected. This is where God wants you. If you choose to step outside of here, then we can't protect you. I don't, you know, yeah, they're not saying that God wouldn't protect them, but they're saying, we don't know that that's God's timing for you. Like we are not in agreement with that, with this decision. But my parents were like, well, it's time for us to go. So they left and it didn't. It was a very rocky, almost breakup between my parents and that church, and it caused a lot of division. Like a lot of people were heartbroken and they didn't understand. And unfortunately, Rick and Deborah also told that that church certain things about us, and so it kind of created enemies. Not enemies, but. It created more disagreements. So it's like we didn't leave that church with friendships intact. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of bridges burned. Like that one friendship that I had for years, I was really close with that one lady. Her and I were not friends after that because she felt like I abandoned her. And I'm like, dude, how the fuck am I supposed to tell my parents no? I'm living with my parents. You, What do you want me to do? have my parents go to this church and I go to a different church. Like that's not an option in this house. You know, it's like, that's not something you do, but there was a lot of friendships that were lost and it wasn't until probably like five years, maybe four or five years ago that I started to try to mend those friendships um, because I was outside of that fog of the deception and I was like so far removed from that church that I was just like, okay, I'm okay to make these friendships now. Like I'm okay to go back to these friendships and try to make things quote unquote right. Um, but anyways, so they left the church and then we started kind of, we didn't start a new church right off the bat. We started to, um, kind of have like Bible studies with them and they started to kind of teach and they would invite us to go to Bible studies that they were holding at their house. And, um, and then it wasn't just us. There was somebody else from that church that followed us and decided to come with us as well. Oh shit. Yeah. So we all kind of went and, um, kind of started this meeting with them more regularly. Training. So, yeah. And it kind of like, it was a slow thing. It was kind of slow. And it wasn't something that happened like super rapidly. But, you know, it kind of, it was a slow build. Um, But we were meeting at a hotel. Like we would, well, first we would meet at their house. And then we would, Go to Bible studies there and start, like you said, start training, um, start getting a firmer grasp on their method of teaching. And one of the biggest shocks for us when we first started going to church, or not church, but like started having Bible study with them, their idea of a short Bible study was three hours long.
1: Are you really studying the Bible, or are you just training, like the, no, way, I mean, there the were, way of the forest type of stuff?
0: well they would they would they would have a bible study like they would have something that they were no we would read the bible and but it's like their understanding of the bible like we would have our bibles out and we would read but then they would so for example like they would read a scripture and then they would say you know this scripture has to do with this and this scripture actually ties into another scripture so then that must mean that this entire chapter has to do with this and it was like you were just kind of going down rabbit holes mm. you, you would take a single scripture and you would go down a fucking rabbit wow. hole and their idea of a short service was three hours the longest service i can remember was like six hours
1: jesus wait service you mean training like, or service you mean like, actual like going to church and sit there for six hours
0: it's hard it, it's hard because like my idea of what church was was essentially like a bible study but that's what we did. That was church for the for the time being.
1: Was it Sundays or what days? How many days a week?
0: God. At... Yes. At, you're stupid. At the height of it, I was going to church six days out of the week. Or I was doing some kind of training or some kind of learning six days out of the week. The four of you? Um... Mm, me, my mom, and my dad. Christina was going to school, and for some reason, that was okay. Like, that's another story. Like, that would be... that's kind of like a different part of the series. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of the start. That's kind of the history and how it began.
1: The intro. Holy yeah. shit.
0: Pretty epic timing. <laughs> I didn't even look at the clock. So yeah, that's kind of the background. And how it started?
1: How the beginning, of the the beginning call, of the, the first brick of the cult has mm-hmm. started. Wow, being ripped away from your old church to this to to be pull, pulled into a another church to begin, yeah,
0: rest. to begin like the min, the mind, like the it's the just brainwashing. The, yeah, the brainwashing and the manipulation and really breaking us. Like truth be told, that's how they started. They broke us. Like. It's kind of just like interrogation. You break them first. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what they did. They broke us first. And it took years for them to start trying to build us.
1: Damn. That's exciting.
0: <laughs> I think that should be like the episode name for next time. It would be like. That's exciting. No, oh. something. <laughs> like you have to break them before you build them.
1: Break them before they build. Them. All right.
0: Mm-hmm. Like for the next episode. This oh, month, yeah. I don't know.
1: This will just be the intro. Wow crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, tune in for our second episode. Bye. Bye.